Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to John chapter 15, and I'm going to read the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, starting in verse 1 and going through verse 10. Once again, thank you so much for your attendance today. Thank you, people watching online. Thank you, people listening to the podcast, Spotify, Google, Apple Play whatever it may be. Thank you so very much. John chapter 15, 1 through 10. Let's listen to the word of the Lord. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you abide in my love. And we'll conclude in verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And the old Baptist church I grew up in used to say, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. After today's message, you are going to break barriers. You hear me? You are going to take territory. You're going to push boundaries. God is going to take you places you never have been before. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. On a micro, on a macro, I'm sorry, on a macro level, we have a lot going on in our world. I mean, if you take a look at inflation, the prices of things are increasing uh, dramatically. Uh, If you take a look at uh, the political climate, we're in a political year and election year, and there are two candidates that most people do not want to vote for, and we're in this climate of political uncertainty. There's wars and rumors of wars. We have, it feels like crime is increasing. That's how it feels. It feels like people are hurting. People are depressed. People are no longer uh, connected with one another. On a macro level, it just feels like We are living in terrible and tough times. And on a micro level, all of the the distractions that we have from social media to the news to fake news to uh, working moms and dads that are working more than they've ever worked before and not able to give 100% to their families, to their husbands, to their children, to their wives. I mean, we've got so much going on where we've got issues in our relationships and we've got issues with our parents, and we've got issues with our grandchildren, and we've got issues with our our, our sons and daughters, and there's a lot going on 
in the world that we live in and we're pressed on every side. There's pressure to provide. There's pressure to deliver. There's pressure to excel. There's pressure to stay healthy, right? There's so much pressure going on. And in this world that we live in, I think sometimes we forget to do what Jesus told us to do in this verse, simply abide in me. Over the last few weeks, we have declared that 2024, we will pray more in 2024. And there's a lot of division. There's a lot of separation. There's a lot of busyness that is causing us to no longer put God first and really take the time to pray more. We ought to be in constant communication with God. We ought to be talking to him and listening to him all the time. Matter of fact, a few weeks ago, I told y'all that God lives in you, or the word told you that. He lives in you. He dwells in you. He resides in you. Jesus is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. He, they, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, he is not far. He is close. He is not distant. He's near and he's in you. So at all moments, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, God is with us and in us and we could be listening to him. We could be talking to him. We could be, as Jesus said in this passage, abiding in him. Abiding means that we are going to remain. We are going to stay and we are not going to separate from him. Abiding is complete dependency on Jesus. The branches have complete dependence towards the vine than any other connection that there is. The life source of the branch is directly affected by its connection with the vine. It's even more serious than a sheep is with the shepherd. It's even more serious than a child is with their father. You know, you can grow up and live without a father. You could actually have a really good life without a father. Now, stats tell us that fathers make a huge difference. I don't want to minimize or deny that that fact, but you can be okay if you didn't have a father. But if you are the branch disconnected from the vine, you cannot even survive. The vine is the life source of the branch. And so there is complete dependence that the branch has with the vine. In this passage, we found out Jesus said, you are the branch, but I am the vine. And everything out here, Satan is involved in all of this. In this external, visible world, he is involved. He has his tentacles in all of this. Everything out here is to separate you, to sever you from abiding in Jesus. The sole purpose of everything attacking your eyesight, your ear sight, and ultimately your heart is to separate you from the vine. Everything that he wants to do is to get you to be disconnected from your source of life, which is divine. And the onus on staying connected to the vine is on you. It's not on God. It's not on Pookie and Ray Ray, not on your mama and dad. It is on you to stay connected to the vine. Say this out to me. I will stay connected, will stay connected. To, the to the vine. Your life source, your livelihood, 
your mental stability. Everything has its source from the vine. If you are disconnected, if you come up with excuses to be disconnected, if you are easily offended to get disconnected, if you come up with reasons to disconnect, if you come up with extracurricular activities to disconnect, these are all things that will cause you to begin to be severed from the vine, and then and only then will you walk around aimlessly without any purpose and without direction. So we got to be careful that we do not separate from the vine. And part of being connected to the vine, which is Jesus, is spending time with him in prayer. Part of being connected, well, let me stay there for a second. Here's something that I've started this year. I have just simply set my clock for seven minutes to simply sit and be still and do absolutely nothing at all, but sit there and reflect on Jesus. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not listening to worship music. I'm just sitting because scripture says, be still, be silent and know that I'm God. And I'll sit there for seven minutes. Why you do seven minutes? Well, they said the average person in America prays seven minutes a day, only seven minutes a day. So I said, I'm going to sit still for seven minutes a day. And then I'll get into my Bible reading and talking and listening to God. You know, we did that acronym start, silence, thanksgiving, adoration, request, and then thanks in advance. That's when I'll start my start acronym. And then I'll get into reading the word. But I sit there just for seven minutes and I'm reminding myself, I'm connected to the vine. Jesus is in me. He's with me and he'll begin to talk to me. He'll begin to download some things to me. He'll begin to share some things with me. He'll begin to say some things to me. And I'm just sitting there silent, realizing that I'm just abiding in Jesus. I'm not thinking about uh, paying the bills. I'm not thinking about unloading the dishwasher. I'm not thinking about how mean Stacy's been to me. I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm not thinking about how mean I've been to her. <laughs> Praise God. I'm thinking about my connection with Jesus, and he's here, and he is with me. They, they asked this guy, I saw this on social media, I thought it was so good. They asked this guy, what have you gained from regularly praying to God? And the guy responded with, I've gained nothing, but I've lost anger, I've lost fear, I, I've lost depression, I've lost rejection, I'm no longer brokenhearted. And so it's not what I've gained, it's what I've lost, praise God. I love that answer because he's saying I'm staying connected to the vine, and as I stay connected to the vine, I'm going to lose all this other stuff that God never intended for me to live. This is why the pruning process is important. This is why it's important that we are pruned. It's a deliberate transformation that takes place, that we begin to uh, set aside time to spend with God, and he'll begin to eliminate the negativity that's in our life. If you spend time with God, he'll start reducing some things in your life. One of the things I've learned this year, and I'm being just transparent with you this year, I said, uh, and I told our Inspire the Core team this, I've learned to stay quiet even when I have a lot to say. I'm going to stay quiet. I got a lot to say about this, but I'm going to stay quiet. Why? Because I want to be in tune with the Spirit of God. You don't need my opinion. You, you don't need my 
you know, my, my anger. You need what God is saying. People need to hear what God is saying through me. So I'm going to stay in tune with him by remaining silent so that he can speak to me. And when I do speak, my words carry weight. Come on, somebody say amen. Staying connected to the vine is abiding, and it is our choice because there are many exit ramps on the road of life. There are many opportunities to quit. There are many opportunities to give up. There are many opportunities to be separated. There are many opportunities to be offended, but staying connected to the vine will cause you to abide in him. And as you abide in him, he'll begin to give you new goals. If you've lost your fire, I, I command you to be refilled with the Spirit of God. Begin to abide in him and get your fire back. Get your passion back. Get your desire for him back. Go back to when you first received Jesus. I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was eight years old, and I was so emotional, and I was excited, and, and then I kind of drifted off, and then I went into Bible school. I went to this Bible school, and I got so fired up about the Lord in this Bible school, but at the same time, and the teenagers are gone, right? At the same time, I was going to the club, okay? So I was going to the club, and I was going to Bible school, and I got so convicted, and then I started going to the club and I started ministering to people in the club, but that wasn't my call. I shouldn't have been in that club. I got so fired up about the things of God, then people that I met in the club started calling me. I said, don't you know Jesus? They're like, Jesus, we met last night at the club. I didn't know you was a holy roller. No, I'm sorry, but Jesus. I couldn't go to that club no more. Some of y'all still lying and gossiping. When you get to abiding, that lying and gossip will be pruned out your life. Some of y'all get upset about some of the silliest stuff that takes place. You start abiding in Jesus, that'll get pruned right out your life. Some of y'all trying to wonder why you have negative thoughts and depressed all the time. Start abiding in Jesus and God will prune it right on completely out of your life. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Get fired up about the things of God. Get fired up about what he's done for you. Get fired up about what he's going to do. Get fired up about Jesus and abiding in him. And when you abide in him, you begin to have a positive outlook on life. When, when the worship team was singing today, today is the best day of my life. I whispered to Don, what if we woke up every morning and just said that? Today is the best day of my life. Instead of waking up saying, well, it's one of them days again, same old, same old day and got to go to work. I hate my boss and man, I got this raggedy car and and just everything's so bad. Instead of today is going to be the best day. Come on, say that. Today will be the best day of my life. And wake up every morning and, every morning and say that. Today is the best day of my life. I abide in Jesus. And he'll begin to prune. He'll begin to give you ideas. And begin to give you things to uh, reconcile with other people with, conversations to have. And he'll begin to say, hey, don't let that bother you. One of the things that's, uh, that's been going on to me, I've, this month I've received some of, the, some of the most remarkable prophetic words. Like just people have given me prophetic words that just about my future that are, that are confirming in my heart, yes, this is going to happen. And at the same time, I've been slandered on a daily basis. 
at the very same time, uh, at the same time, people writing stuff on social media bad about me, people saying stuff about me, people misunderstanding my words, misconstruing. All this has happened at the same time. If I wasn't inviting in Jesus, I'd cut somebody out. I'm, I, listen, I'm, 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 I have flesh like you, but abiding in him has caused me to just act like him, respond like him, and understand that slander comes with being blessed. Slander comes with just being a believer. It's going to come. It comes one and the same. It's going to come. It comes together. So if you want to make a difference in this earth, you're going to have to get used to people talking about you and dogging you. And I'm getting used to it this month. I'm getting better at it this month. Now I just laugh at it when I first used to want to fight about it. But guess what? It's not because I'm so great. Not because I look good and I sure enough look good. Thank you so much. But no. It's not because of any of those reasons. It's because of abiding in the vine. I'm staying connected with you. I'm making it a priority. Spending time with Jesus. Church attendance is a, is a priority in, in my life. I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and he had been out of church. I said, and he has kids. I said, well, why are you not in church? Well, you know, I got this, that. And he had all type of reasons why he was not in church. I said, man, first of all, man, you can get strengthened in a community of believers if you begin to value it. And number two, you're showing your children this is a priority. Being a part of community is a priority. But what happens is we get busy. Extracurricular activities begin. I remember being a kid. Uh, I, I did a lot of things as a kid. But if it was something go- happening during church, I couldn't do that. My parents would say no to that. We weren't going to no practice during church. You ain't going to that practice, right? We couldn't do that. Why? My mom and dad were teaching me, this is a priority. This comes first. Everything else can wait. And I'm so glad that they instilled that in me, that nothing else comes before spending time with Jesus, spending time with fellow believers. Nothing comes before that. And that that set a precedent in me that God is a priority in my life. And God is first. Now, I still have to choose on a daily basis to abide, to hang with him, to spend time in fellowship with him. Because I like what it says in John 15. Let's look at verse 5. Let's put it on the screen. John 15, verse 5. To to fellowship with him, to to hang hang out with him, to be strengthened by him. Look look what it says in verse 5 here. I am the vine, you are the branches. He identifies who we are. He who abides in me, that's on us, and I in him, that's reciprocated, bears much fruit. You know, the goal in life is to be fruitful. But watch this. For without me, you can do nothing. Matter of fact, it says in one translation, without me, you are powerless. So we're going to have to stay connected to the vine. Just like a vacuum and I thought about bringing our vacuum here, but just imagine our vacuum here. If it's not plugged in, it's useless. It can do nothing. But once it's plugged in and connected to the power source, that vacuum will clean up this floor, praise God. It becomes a tool useful in the master's hand. It's the same way as you and I. If we don't stay connected, we become useless. 
He can't use us. He, he, can't, he can't depend on us. But once we stay connected, and the onus is on us, stay connected to the vine. How do we do that? Acknowledge him. Not, I'm not just talking about setting aside time to spend with him in the morning, which you should, or at night, which you should. I'm talking about 24 hours a day. Acknowledge Jesus is in me. He's with me. I'm abiding in him. As you walk in down uh, the, the floor of where you work, he's with me. He's in me. I'm abiding in him. When something happens that seems impossible and they need an answer, he's with me. He's in me. And I'm abiding in him. You don't have to say it out loud, but you're reminding yourself, he's with me. He, and I'm abiding. You're in Walmart. He's with me and I'm abiding in him. Somebody try to run you off the road. You may have to kick out a little tongue there for a second and say, he's with me. He's in me. I'm abiding in him. When, when you're misunderstood, and I, I'm, I'm going to send a blog out, but I wrote a blog this week about being misunderstood. When you're misunderstood, and that's some of the worst feeling, they misunderstood me. I don't have to respond. I can just trust in God. I can't explain myself to everybody all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm just going to have to trust in God. And where does that come from? I'm going to abide in him. When I abide in him, I'll get my self-worth. I'll get my dignity. I'll, I'll find my identity when I abide in him. I don't have to act crazy or rationally. I'll, I'll abide in the vine and his life source, his fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, his fruit will be developed in my life by simply abiding. The, the branch as it's abiding to the vine, does it have to go, mm, oh, poop, there we finally got to strain some fruit out. Glory to God. Mm, yes, yes. No, the branch just abides. And naturally, the fruit is produced on a branch. It's not a hard thing. It's not a difficult thing. You stay connected, and you'll see things change. Somebody shout, abide. abide. Say it again, abide. abide. Say it one more time, abide. We're going to have to abide. We're going to have to remain. We're going to have to stay connected with him. I wrote some things down that I want to share with you because I thought in my studies about abiding, I feel like, I feel like everything is out to distract us. Distraction deviates our energy and our purpose. I'm sorry, deviates our energy and our behavior from our purpose. Distraction causes us to think about things that God doesn't even really want us to think about. He wants us to simply abide, to trust, to completely rely and depend upon him. And so I want to say this to you. When you are abiding in him, it's going to require self-reflection. When you're abiding in him, he's going to show you you. And that's a scary thing sometimes. But he's going to show you you. This is how you have been acting. This is what you've been thinking. This is the attitude that you have. And if you really want to produce fruit, and that's the goal of our life. Fruit is, listen, fruit is it's not about uh, quantity as it, is, as, as it is about production. I wrote it down this way. The quality, here we go. The quality and quantity of the fruit may differ but the presence of fruit will be inevitable. Your fruit will differ 
from quality and quantity, but there will be fruit. And he'll begin to show you the fruit you're producing. And you'll begin to be pruned. Somebody say, I want to be pruned. I know that, that's, that goes against your flesh. But he'll begin to show you things that will prune you, clean you up, cut away from you by simply just abiding in him. Abiding in him will remove negativity. It'll remove negativity. And abiding in him will cause you to be let out of your comfort zone. God wants us out of our comfort zone. I'm starting to see this a lot more as I am maturing. I like to be comfortable, okay? I, I, I like a little blanket. I like to sit on the couch. I, I like to stay home. I'm, I'm a homebody. But God wants us out of our comfort zone. He does. He wants us to a point and a place where we are completely, Ruthie, dependent upon him. That's why he gave us the comforter, because he's going to ask us to do something uncomfortable. Okay, follow me now. You have the Holy Spirit because he's going to ask you to do something you're not comfortable with. So the comforter is going to be with you as you do something uncomfortable. And there's been a lot of times the Lord's been asking me to do some things that feel uncomfortable, to step out, to say some things, to accept some things, to do some things. And it's uncomfortable, but I've got the comforter with me. And abiding in him will give you the boldness to do what God's called you to do. Another thing about abiding in him is he is going to change your habits. Habits will change. Just make it a priority to intentionally and deliberately abide in him. And he will change your habits. And a habit is always changed first by a thought. Once you begin to see something in the way that God wants you to see it, you'll change it. I remember a guy, he, he smoked and smoked and smoked and smoked. I worked with him. I used to work at Home Depot back in my early 20s. And he smoked and smoked and smoked. And then finally, this particular guy got, got diagnosed with lung cancer. You know, you know how quickly it took him to stop smoking? Immediately. Immediately, he starts seeing that smoking was wrong. But a lot of times, we wouldn't keep sinning if the results of sin happened immediately. The results of sin are usually delayed. So you get, you get gratification now, but then you get delayed punishment. <laughs> but if the result of sin happened immediately, we wouldn't be doing all the sinning that's going on. This man quit smoking by God's grace. Uh, he no longer, he, he had no longer had lung cancer. And uh, man, we celebrated and thank God for it. And guess what happened? Started smoking again. Well, I ended up leaving. I don't know what happened to him after that. But at one point, his mind changed. But when you stop abiding, you, you're, you'll do anything. You're not, you're not too holy. You are only, and I, you've heard me say this before, you're only three months away from not reading. Your, just don't read your Bible for three months. You, 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 you've been to choke somebody out. <laughs> you, you've been to strangle somebody. 
just simply three months of just not reading your Bible. This is sustaining us. His word is keeping us. And we're staying connected to the vine. Now, in verse 7, I want to show you something. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you maintain a living communion with me, well, this is the Weiss translation, but I'll read the Weiss translation. If you maintain a living communion with me and my words are at home in you, I command you to ask at once something for yourself, whatever your heart desires, and it will become yours. Now, let me see it in the New King James Version. I'll come back to that. John 15, 7 in the New King James Version. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. All right, now pay attention to me now. If you abide in Christ, you stay with him. You stay connected. You you become completely dependent upon him. You acknowledge his presence. You recognize who he is in your life. And you keep his words in your mouth. So you say what he says. His words are a priority. His words are what you say. His words are what you identify with. His words are what you're meditating on. His words is is what's changing your life. He says here, and God is not against rewards. Did you hear me? God is not against rewards. Matter of fact, there are five rewards after we depart this earth that we can be eligible for in heaven. Five crowns. Glory to God. He's not against reward. I'm not against reward either for my children. I'm not against it. You make straight A's, we're going to do this or that. Right? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. He's not against rewards. Here's what he said. If you stay with me and you keep my words in you, you can ask Tamika whatever you want and I'll do it. Well, how can you be so confident? Because you are in him and his words are in you. So then your desire becomes his desire and you will ask what you desire and God will grant it. I remember the first time I really noticed this. This was many, many years ago. Stacy had never been to Ruth Chris restaurant. How many of you know about Ruth Chris Steakhouse restaurant? Yeah, I need, since I mentioned them, hopefully they'll send me a gift card. Well, never does. Okay. <laughs> but no, she had, been to, she had never been to Ruth Chris. And I, at the time, I had worked a job in this particular Fortune 500 company was, was sending us out to eat at these nice restaurants all the time. It was like their incentive, you know. And so they were sending us nice, and, but we couldn't take our wives, you know, so I would always go alone. I would come home full. Ooh, that was a great restaurant. She'd be, she had chicken nuggets while I had filet mignon, you know. <laughs> and she go, I've never been, I want to go to Ruth Chris. And I said, okay, one day, you know, I'm going to take you to Ruth Chris. We're going to go. I couldn't even get those words out my mouth. The next Sunday we went to, went to church and someone handed her a card. She opened up the card. And it was a gift card to Ruth Chris. I can't make this stuff up. I don't know how they knew, but the Holy Ghost. And the Ruth Chris gift card was given to her. She said, look, Devon, God bless me. Someone blessed me with a gift card for Ruth Chris. And this verse popped up. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you desire and I'll give it to you. I uh, went, I'm going to give you a couple testimonies. 
the iPad mini had just came out. You remember the iPad mini, little small iPad? It used to be able to fit in your pocket. The iPad mini just came out. I mentioned to Stacy, I want, I want one of those iPad minis, Josh. And so I, I, that was all I said. She didn't say nothing. She acted like I didn't say anything, you know? So she didn't say nothing, whatever. And we moved on. This pastor called me. He goes, man, I, I need your help. He said, I got some things going on. I need your help. Okay, let's, I'm, I went to his church. He ended up talking to me about nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing, okay? So he said, run to the mall with me. Okay, uh, I thought you needed something. We go to the mall. He goes into the Apple store. He separates from me, talks to the guy. I'm just, he goes, I got to get something fixed on my phone or whatever. He comes back and, and then we go back and we go back to his church. I'm like, man, I just wasted time. You know, I thought he needed something. He opens up his bag and he pulls out an iPad mini. He said, the Lord told me to buy you this. And this is why I wanted to meet with you. I wanted to give you an iPad mini. And I sat there and I felt the love of God. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. And God said, he'll, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. Matter of fact, let's do the Weiss translation one more time on the screen. I want y'all to see this. Watch this. If you maintain a living communion with me and my words are at home in you, I command you, look, watch this. Listen to this verbiage. I command you to ask at once something for yourself. Wow. Whatever your heart desires, and it will become yours. This is all about abiding. Abiding in him. Abiding in him. Abiding in him. Y'all know the story? I'm going to tell it again because somebody may not have heard it. And you know, sometimes when you tell the same story over and over, you know, we like, the, we like to hear the same stories. I was listening to my kids, and they watch the same show over and over and over and over and over. Like, buddy, haven't you seen that show? I mean, over and over and over and over and over. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's the way we are with good stories. But you guys know, earlier last year, I, I started, the Lord started uh, putting in my heart, man, believe me that next time you fly somewhere, it'll be private. You know, people, there's private jets out here. And people fly private all the time. And I was standing in line at American Airlines. I was waiting, waiting, waiting. They canceled the flight. I'm like, I'm tired of this. I want to fly private next time I fly. I don't have private money, but that's what I wanted to do. And so I'm going to fly private. Next time I fly, I'm flying private. Lord, I'm flying private. Next time I go somewhere, all of a sudden I get a call from a guy. Hey, I need you to run to Raleigh with me. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. You know, I knew this guy pretty well. I, I go down there with you. He said, you know, we'll, I said, when will we be back? He said, we'll be back tomorrow. I'll talk with Stacy about it. And she's like, yeah, go on down there with him, you know, hang out with him and come back. And, and um, so I, he said, meet me at my hotel at such and such time I show. I'm like, man, we're we getting a late start. Late start to go to Raleigh. I mean, he said, meet him at four. I'm like, man, we're going to be in that traffic. Man, I get, I get to his hotel and he's moving all slow. Next thing I know, we jumped in this black Escalade and we went to the airport. I said, oh, wait, wait are we flying? He said, yeah, we're flying. Man, we flew in a private jet, praise God, to Raleigh. Hallelujah. And I sat in the jet. I got pictures of it, too. And I sat, and I said, this is what the Lord means if you abide in me. Amen. And my words abide in you. You can ask what you will, and it shall be given to you. So the next time I flew that time was in a short 45-minute flight down to Raleigh in a private jet. Glory to God. What am I saying? I'm saying that if you abide in him and you begin to ask the Lord, Lord, I ask 
for my family members to come to know you. Send laborers across their path. He's on it. He's on it. He's sending people. Lord, I ask that Johnny's going to make, my, my, my son Johnny's going to make a bad decision. I ask that you enlighten him on this so he doesn't make this. This decision doesn't seem right. Whew. Enlighten him on this. And he says, you know what? I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. You begin to ask what you desire, and it'll be done for you. This is simply by abiding. And when you really are abiding in him, what you are asking of him is what you, I'm sorry, is what he wants you to ask of him. When you're really abiding, those requests are not selfish requests. They're requests that he's asking you to ask of him. Trust me, I can get to you anything from anyone, anywhere, at any time. And he's saying, ask me, ask for something big, because I know you're abiding in me and my word's abiding in you. And so my word is my will and my word is in you. So when you're asking, you're asking of my will. And I want to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can even ask, or watch this, and even imagine. Wow. Think about that. There are things that you haven't even thought about yet that God wants to do in your life. Think about that. It hasn't even crossed your mind. Corinthians tells us, eyes have not seen, neither have ears heard. Neither have hearts even imagined the things that God wants to do for those who love him. There are things in abiding that God wants to show you. He wants to reveal to you. He wants you to know. He wants you to understand. He wants you to participate in. And it's simply by just acknowledging him. God is with me. I am in him. He is in me. I'm abiding in him. He's abiding with me. This is what abiding is. It's putting your mind at a place of recognizing who is really a priority in your life. On the con Conversely, you can abide in football or you can abide in your job or you can abide in uh, negativity. You can abide in politics and you can abide in all type of things. But if I abide in him, I'm going to get his character. I'm going to start responding like him. And I'm going to have mental stability. Come on, somebody. Say mental stability. This is so real. There's so much going on. But abiding in him will give you the mind of Christ. Listen, I just want to minister this to you this morning. Abide. Make time. Don't forget about him. Spend the time. Hang out with him. You can abide so much that you can be driving the car going somewhere and still be abiding. So you're killing two birds with one stone. You could be in the shower. You don't have to be sitting on the edge of the couch somewhere. You could be in the shower just abiding with him. Come on, somebody. You could be sitting with your, with your friend and just abiding in him. Y'all talking about the goodness of God. That's abiding in him. And when you do that, you are actually praying more. You're spending time with him more, and you're becoming more like him.
This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.